This evening, I have something very exciting to share. I'm going to give you five truths about this beautiful day. I want to give you five truths about the cross. And I've named this uh, sermon uh, Trauma to Hell. I like my sermon, I like the title Trauma to Hell. Look at your neighbor and say, the cross is the trauma to hell. Look at the other neighbor who's your second choice and say, (laughs) say, we're going to study the power of the cross. Tell them that. The power of the cross. When When you study about the cross, many people think that it is that painful moment. It is that moment when Jesus was crucified. That moment when the Son of God was helpless. That moment that looks weak, that looks fragile, that looks scary, adding a lot of anxiety. It is, it is one broken moment. But what we also need to understand, that cross was not just a moment in time in life of Jesus, it was intentionally planned to bring trauma to hell, to plunder hell, and to fill heaven. So this evening, the points that I'm going to give you is going to set your life free, and you're going to experience the power of the cross even just as I speak to you this evening. So the first thing that I want to give you is this. Number one, cross was not a merry, terrible day in the life of Jesus. It was a setup against hell and its forces. You know, this is something that many times people out there don't understand because they think that Jesus is a fairy tale. Jesus is this nice story about a man who lived 2,000 years ago. He was a nice guy and they finally they crucified him. And you know, Christians worship that guy. It is more than just a story that happened 2,000 years ago. What we need to understand that This was planned by the Father God in heaven even before the foundations of the earth. Let me take you through a verse. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 23, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of the lawless men. Revelation chapter 13 verse 8, the second part says, The Lamb slain from the foundations of the world. Many things, many times we think that certain events, certain moments are accidental, coincidental, incidental. But if you study the Word of God, there is nothing called luck. There is nothing called accident. God is an intentional God and God is a sovereign God. Even when it looks like hell has a plan against you, what we don't realize is that God has a plan against hell and the cross was the plan against hell. If you look, you will see that the scripture is clear that it was not like one day that 
that, that all God's plans was put to confusion and God's like, oh no, they're killing my son, Jesus. No, it wasn't so. Even before the foundations of the earth was laid, God knew that God wanted to create a man that he would love and desire to fellowship. God knew that this man would walk away from him. This man that he created to be in fellowship with him would walk away from his path. In order to save him, God knew that he would have to give up his only begotten son, Jesus, in order to redeem and restore this lost man. So it wasn't that God was helplessly watching. God knew that this is how God would redeem the fallen man from the pits of hell. Because I want you to know, irrespective of what the devil, the enemy, the darkness around you is doing in your life against you to take you down, to take your family down, take your children down, God is not surprised. God already has a plan to save you and your house. One of the beautiful things that I love about the Bible is that fact that the Bible was written over 2,000 years, more than that. And, and, and the fact that it was written by 40 different authors. And some were shepherds, some were kings, some were scholars, some were fishermen, some were prophets. Some were, there was a military general who wrote it. There was a cupbearer wrote it, a priest wrote it. Many, many different authors in a period of over 2,000 years wrote over 66 books. Imagine that. Bible is not one book that one man sat in a desert and said, hey, I think this is God and, and wrote a story. Bible is a book of 66 books written by 40 authors that didn't know each other. Most of them didn't know each other. And they lived over 2,000 years apart. And 2,000 years in, in that season, this book was spent all written integrally with such details that a human cannot put together. And right from the first book to the last book, it has one central theme that does not contradict each other. And that one theme has one name, and that name is Jesus. So don't tell me what any other book said. I don't want to hear the stories of a man that just woke up and said, hey, let me create a religion. There is a book that is historically proved, geographically proved throughout the centuries. It has been tested and tried. And hey, how is that possible? That 40 authors would come together and write about a single theme. And throughout Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you will see one man being written, the story, a silver lining throughout the Bible. It was about this Son of God, Amen. Jesus, that God would send to humanity to redeem the lost. You cannot be lost because you are part of the redemption that God 
foresee, foreknowledge that God had about you even before the foundations of the I know that you may be, we, 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 it looks like we are the decision of a dad and mom, accidental or incidental or planned. It looks like we are product of a beautiful time, a honeymoon away from home, but no. We were born in the minds of mind of God even before we were born in the mind of our parents, even before your father met your mother, even before your grandpa knew your grandma. You were born in the heart of God. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you so that you might be saved this day, 2016, in Montreal, Canada. Somebody clap hands for Jesus this evening. The second truth that I want to bring to you this evening is that no, they did not take his life. Instead, Jesus laid down his life for us. He did not. He did not. They did not murder Jesus. He laid his life. That is what you see in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is how we know that this is real love, that Jesus willfully laid his life. Do you know that Jesus could snap his fingers and thousands of angels would come to rescue him? All Jesus had to do was nod his head and these angels would have beaten everybody around them into a pulp. Yet Jesus didn't call for heavenly force yet gave himself down willfully because this is what Jesus knew, that the only way that we, you and I can enter heaven is through Jesus. You're wondering, saying, how in the world is that possible? How, how it doesn't make sense? Here, let me explain to you. All the religious across the world, they say you must do good. They say, hey, do this, do this, do this. The Muslims are the five things that you need to do every day. The, the, the Buddhists have their own. And the Hinduism says about karma and how, how you got to do the good things so you can reap the good things. And everybody is talking about the good things. But the only problem is that we have no good in us. I know we'd like to think that we are good. And that is why Jesus went on to show us that even though you don't act it, even if you think it is equivalent to you committing it. Because some of you, some, some of us have not killed some people, but in our heads we've killed them a million times. Oh my God, my mother-in-law. No, I'm not talking about my mother-in-law. She's a she's a Listen, don't get me into trouble tonight. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done anything with our hands, but how many times we've hated people ferociously with our hearts. Yes, we haven't strangled. Yes, it's true that you haven't strangled your husband, but uh, tell me the truth, you have. Mm. If only I could get away with it. This is where. Jesus comes in. 
Jesus said, you have no strength to live this good life on your own. This, 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 this is required to walk into eternity. But you don't have it. I know it. So you know what? I'm going to come down to earth. And I'm going to die in your place. So that just by believing in me, you can have eternal life. Christianity is the only religion that doesn't just say, do good, do good, do good. Jesus said, you don't have the strength to do good. So I'm going to be the good that you are not. And I'm going to die in your place. And hey, you know what? Not only Jesus did that. He said, I'm not only going to die for your sins. I am going to send you a helper. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And he is going to help you. No, we may not be perfect, but you know what? There is the Holy Spirit that God gives to everyone that believes in Jesus. And through the help of the Holy Spirit, you can have a victorious life on this planet Earth. Yes, you're right. You can't do it. Yes, you're right. We can't do it on our own. That's exactly why Jesus says, I'm giving you my spirit. When we say, Jesus, come into our heart, he gives you his spirit. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Not because you're perfect, but because he is perfect. Not because you're worthy, but because he is merciful God. This evening, I want you to know, you may not believe me, but this is the truth. God loves you with all your flaws. In fact, the Bible says that he sympathizes with our weakness. I don't understand that verse. I don't understand that. When I go to heaven, I have a lot of things to ask God. Listen. Jesus loves you more than your best friend. Jesus understands you more than your husband or your wife or your father or your mother can ever understand you. And not only does he understand you, he wants to walk with you. Listen, I don't care what religion has made, made a, religion has made a, a, a circus. Religion has spoiled the faith of many. Religion has caused people to doubt God in Montreal. Religion has caused more atheists to be born in Montreal than in the last 10 years it has doubled. But I have good news for Montreal. Religion may fail, but Jesus never, never fails. I want all volunteers to take your seat because what I share is very important. I'm going to ask you that there be no movements because what I'm sharing is very critical this evening. That God says, I love you so much that I died for you. How many of you are understanding what I'm saying? Tonight, the love of Jesus is what brought... I know you think that your friend invited you. I know you think that your family brought you. I know you think that, oh man, he was pestering me all week. I, let me just go so that he doesn't pester me anymore. And let me just 
go see what this church is about. Hey, you didn't come because you wanted to come. You came because what you don't understand is that there is a vacuum inside all of us, the vacuum called God, a vacuum for the longing for truth, a vacuum inside us, a longing where the deep calls unto the deep. There is truth that God has shut inside you and he has been drawing you. He has been calling you. You are not here because you wanted to be here. You are here because Jesus wanted you to be here. And I want you to know Jesus brought you in this house so you may know that he Deeply cares for you. He willingly died for you. How could this perfect Jesus know how much I'm going to hurt him and yet die for me? He knows that I would come to church on a Sunday and break his heart on a Monday and repent on a Friday. And break his heart again on a Saturday. And he still willingly died for us. Such is his love. Number three. Your lowest of low is your path to the highest of high. If there's anything that we can understand from the cross of Jesus... Is that no matter what you're going through in life tonight, you are not alone. Jesus is with you. Can I explain this to you? Talk to me. When Jesus was on that cross, he screamed. Eli, Eli, Lama Sabatani. That means, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Yet. In that moment, when it looked like his own father had forsaken him, yet he was in the center of the will of God. Think about it. Tonight, some of us are going through the same things. You feel rejected. You're thinking, no. God, this God doesn't love me. This, this Christian God doesn't care for me. If he didn't love me, I wouldn't go through what I went through. If he loved me, why did this happen to me? If this, if this God cared for me, if my prayer was answered, I wouldn't go through what I went through. Jesus was stretched on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Yet, he was in the will of God. Not just that, after the death of Jesus, the Bible says that he went to the uttermost. He went to Hades. Jesus went down to the hell. And the next thing that you know is that the Father raised him all the way up to the heaven, to the right hand of the Father. Hear me. Hear me. This is the beauty of it. Jesus had to go to the lowest of low so that he can be lifted to the highest of high. Jesus is raised to the highest place and he sits at the right hand of the Father. Listen, no matter what you're going through in life, this is a principle that you can learn from here tonight that every low has a high and every high 
as a law. And then you're going through that lowest of law, this is what you can be sure. That this Jesus that went through the lowest part of the earth, he understands you more than anybody else. You see people's suit, but you don't see their scars. You see their jobs. You see their cars, but you don't see their dungeons. You don't see their loneliness. But if you ask Jesus, he will tell you, I cannot get to the crown without first going to the cross. Before I go to the crown, I must go through this valley. Tonight, no matter what you are going through, this is what God wants to tell you. That you do not go on this journey alone. Your lowest of low, Jesus is going to stand by your side. Sometimes what we don't understand is that life cannot be perfect. Should not be perfect. Because we don't value things that come to us easily. We don't understand the value of having strength until we lose that strength. We don't understand the value that morning you can wake up, look at your mirror and say, oh, I look handsome. And you pick up the brush, put your paste on, and you brush your teeth. And, 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 and you don't value that moment until that moment when life goes crazy on you. And now you can't lift your hand by yourself. And somebody else has to brush the teeth for you. Sometimes we don't understand the value of the fact. I met a friend a few, few, few years ago. She couldn't breathe on her own. She had to have a machine that would help her breathe oxygen. I met another friend. They couldn't, the, 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 her digestive system wouldn't function. No matter what she ate, it would go fall out. And so they had to create a way to inject food into her veins. We don't understand the value of, of that little thing that they call a liver. And you, you don't understand what, what, what it does. We don't understand the value of, of the great God that, hey, this morning nobody has to carry you out of the bed. You could walk out by yourself. But that's what valley does. The valleys will keep you humble. The valleys will give you the humility to thrive on the mountaintop. Because sometimes when we go up the mountaintop and when we don't understand the cost, when we don't understand the price, when we don't understand the valley, by the time when we get to the mountain, we don't celebrate the mountain. We take it for granted. We all have pride in our hearts. We forget to be grateful to God. If you don't understand the valley, you don't understand how much you need God on the mountaintop. God loves us so much that he says, I don't want you to be blinded on the mountaintop. Because if you go up to the mountaintop without going through the valley, when you go up there, you will not be grateful. You will forget God. You will forget everything that brought you there. And that's the perfect moment for the devil to throw you down. God wants to strengthen you. You don't see the goodness in your valley tonight. 
but it is your valley that is preparing you for the mountaintop. You don't see why you have to go through the hates, but it's when you go through the lowest of low, God can take you to the highest of high. Tonight, God wants you to be encouraged. Number four, the power of cross is for everyone who believes. Everyone. Look at your neighbor and say, that includes you and me. Come on. Cross was not a trauma to hell. Cross is a trauma to hell. How many of you understand the difference? That means what happened on the cross of Calvary was not just a moment 2,000 years ago. The cross is powerful even today. This is a verse that I'd like you to read tonight. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. This is where I come down. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. How many of you understand what I'm saying? This cross is not something that happened 2,000 years ago. The power of the cross is still present to all those who believe in him. And the enemy has succeeded in taking away the faith of many. Because of disappointments and discouragements in their life. People that they looked up to disappointed them. Their families disappointed them. Circumstances disappointed them. And the enemy stole their faith. But tonight, God brought you here to just to encourage you and remind you one more time. That the power of cross is still present to all those who believe. That is what the scripture says. It says, to everyone who believes in his name, it doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what background you are, what nationality you are. If you look around here, you will see all kinds of people. You will see the flags of different nations. You will see that Jesus does not care what is the color of your skin. He doesn't care about your bank balance. Jesus died for everybody. And the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross is powerful even today to save you from no matter what the mess you've been through, you're going through. The power of the cross is powerful to create trauma to all the demons that are fighting you from hell. And tonight, if God brought you here, it is not just so that you can hear a cute sermon and go home. If God brought you here, he wants to show the power of the cross in your life. And all you need to do is simple, just believe. Just believe. Now you're asking, why should I believe, brother? Because you see, whether you believe or not, truth doesn't change. It's, it's, it's like the blind man who says, oh, I've never seen the sun, so I don't think that there is a sun. Listen, it doesn't matter what you think, what you believe, truth does not change. But everyone who believes, they get to experience the power of the cross. 
This is the thing about God. God is not in the urgent need to convince you to believe him. It is us who are desperate of him. We need him more than he needs us. It's not because he doesn't love us. Jesus loves us. But the fact is that we need to pause right now. Hit pause button and say, God, too long I've been living this life without the creator. Too long I've been living this life without the one who died for me. Now is the time. The Bible says now is the time for salvation. Now is that moment where you got to hit pause in your life and say, wait a minute. God, I want to receive this power. And this power is only available to those people that says, hey, I believe and receive his name. Because when you become his child, you inherit the power of the cross. And that's a fact because people would like to just walk on a Sunday morning and just walk into a place and say, hey, I made my prayer. I burned my, I burned five candles today. Hey, I better get my answer. If I don't get my answer, I'm walking away from God. I'm going to be upset with God. And, and, and something terrible happened. Some bad thing happened. And you say, okay, that's it. I'm not going to church anymore. It's not true. We need Him. No matter what we've been through in this life. No matter what valleys we've been through, walking away from God is not an option. Not because he can bless us. Not because he can give us a better car than our neighbor. Not because he can get you a, a, a good husband or, or, or a nice job. It's because he loved us to the point of death that he gave his life for us. I say this many times. I say, God, even if you don't bless me anymore, I'm already blessed. Amen. When we come to Christ, we don't come to get something from Him because He already gave everything to us. Amen. By simply saying, God, true worship is not worship until you come to Him not for what you get, but for, what, for who he is. Let me repeat that. True worship is not true worship until you come to him. Not for what you can get, but for who he is. I'm sorry if I trouble you tonight by saying that too long we've come to God for what we can get. But tonight, Jesus is looking at you here tonight and saying, can you come to me? Because I've already given you my everything. I shed every single drop of blood for you. Come to me, my son. Come to me, my daughter. Do you hear the voice of God? Amen. I'm going to close with this. Number five. I love this. Number five. Hang in there. <laughs> for the jam of champions lives inside you. When Jesus died on the cross, he was fully man and fully God, both at the same time. And he knew how painful cross is going to be. Oh, that, that picture is for all 
Canadians who love snow. <laughs> I looked at that and I said, I, I got to put this. I got to put this. I just need to provoke all the Canadians who love snow. Isn't snow beautiful? Can somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the snow? <laughs> okay, don't hate me. I'm, I'm just joking. But you see, you don't quit. You keep going up, my friend. Because Good Friday is a good example of that Jesus. Who said, Lord, if you can, can you take this cup away from me? Because it was painful. He said, Lord, if you can, can you take away this cup of suffering? But yet, not my will, but yours be done. I love that. Jesus know how painful cross is going to be because on the cross of Calvary, every single nerve would be hurt. Every, his body would be torn apart. Blood, every drop of blood would ooze out of him. For our sins, Jesus was on the cross. Yet, he stretched his arm and he went through it. Because the Bible says he knew the joy that was kept before him. Hey, tonight, I don't care what the life has handed down to your hands. Cheer up. Smile again. Hope again. Because the champion of champions lives inside you and me. Yes, I'd like to sulk. Yes, I'd like to, to cry myself to sleep. But that's not an option. Because the champ of champions lives inside me. We have hope. How many of you understand what I'm saying? We have hope in Jesus. Listen, some of you in this place would be broke. But I want you to, I want you to receive this tonight and say... I'm going to hang in there. Jesus was hung on the cross and he held it together so that you and I may be saved. Some of you that are here may be betrayed, but hear the voice of God. My son, my daughter, hang in there. Some of you here may be going through deep loneliness, but can you hear the voice of God? And the voice is saying, hang in there. I love the words where Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I love that. That's amazing to me. Because that means that sometimes Christian life has a little fight. It's not going to be all that smooth. Do you get that? Because sometimes we think that now that I started going to church, all problems are going to leave. But in fact, it's the opposite. Sometimes when you come closer to God, the enemy is more angry. And he will come harder, stronger, so that he can take your faith away. But tonight, hear the voice of God. My son, hang in there. Because you are not alone. The champ of champions lives inside you. Hey, would you do me a favor? Look at your neighbor. Give them the best smile you can. You will be surprised they will smile back. <laughs> Look at them again and say, 
fight the good fight. Look at your other neighbor and say, hang in there. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? I had to fight the good fight to stand up. I had to fight the good fight to rise up. I had to fight the good fight to get out of the bed. I had to fight the good fight to get over the anxiety, the haters, the liars, the betrayers. I had to fight the good fight. Tonight, I don't care what you're going through, fight the good fight. Because if you fight long enough, this is the beauty of it. This is the beauty of it. If you fight long enough, if you will hang in there, play that pastor for me, you will see something that the longer you hang in there, you will see that soon that stuff that looked like would drive you up the wall, stuff that you thought would, would drive you insane, stuff that you thought would kill you, would become normal. You know why? Because God has a way of training your fingers to war. You don't see it. When you're going through the valley, you don't see it. When you're going through the trouble, you're pulling your hair like, oh, God, where are you? But hang in there. This too will pass. The champ of champions lives inside you. Hey, do you hear the voice of God? God is telling somebody, you may have lost a lot of stuff. You may have lost a lot of time. But don't worry. With Jesus, he will restore the time that you have lost. Some of you may be saying, how can you say that, brother? You have no idea what I've lost. It doesn't matter when you have Jesus who gave up everything. With that Jesus inside you, you are going to be victorious. Listen, this evening, I want to assure you something. That this Jesus is alive. And he has a way where he can remove the pain out of your past memories. And tonight is such that moment. Open your hearts to him and say, God, here is my heart. You may have lost some courage, but tonight hear the voice of God hanging there and fight the good fight. You may have lost some strength, but tonight the cross reminds you to hang in there. You may have lost some family, some friends, some people that you trust. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves you and he lives inside you. Hang in there.